Welcome everyone to Wellbeing Wednesdays. My name is Courtney Weaver. I'm the director over at WellWBU here at West Virginia University. Today I'm joined by not one, but two guests, uh, both from the Carruth Center uh, here on campus. We have Dr. Sarah Milam, who also has a joint position with Adventure West Virginia, and she's been a guest on our show before. And then we are also joined by Ife Sinclair, and she is an intern at Carruth um, in psychology in the last year of her doctoral program. So she is very close to getting the, that lovely prefix of doctor before her last name. Um, so welcome to both of you. How are you all doing today? Good. Excited to be here. All right. Yes. Thanks so much for having us, Courtney. Of course. Well, why don't you each tell us a little bit about your roles here at the university? Great. So uh, my name is Sarah, and I work in a joint position between Adventure West Virginia and the Cruise Center. And I, uh, in that role, I'm a, a supervised psychologist at the Cruise Center, and I, I provide individual therapy and crisis intervention, and um, and I am a in kind of in a consulting role with Adventure West Virginia, but I also um, work as, as part of their staff too and, and course direct and help create some um, outdoor well-being programs. And, and that's really our goal with this joint position is that we can create um, ways for students to connect socially and uh, still be safe during this pandemic and, and be outside and support their well-being. So I'm um, very excited to come and, and speak to this, this podcast today. Yeah, and I'm Ife, and as part of my position as an intern at the Kurt Center, I also do individual therapy, group therapy, um, psychoeducational testing, crisis interventions, and uh, I'm also involved in a couple of discussion groups, so for international students and for Black students, so again, just having a space where they can connect and share concerns just about what's been going on with COVID and everything else right now, just making sure we've got a space for, for those students to connect. All right. Well, speaking of connection, the topic for today's show is a little bit on social well-being. So can y'all describe what social well-being actually is? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, so social well-being is, we, we found a definition for it. Uh, it's called the ability to communicate, develop meaningful relationships with others, maintain a support network that helps you overcome loneliness and overcome other concerns. And, and if you really just think about it, social well-being is your, your ability to be part of relationships, connections, and have a support system and feel like you're, you're not alone in, in this world. Okay. So why is that important, maybe particularly now during the pandemic? Yeah, so right now in the pandemic where we do have all the sort of physical restrictions, we're not able to maybe spend as much time in person with others. That can, like social well-being can take a hit there because as humans, we like to interact with people socially. So right now it's more important to be intentional in how we're engaging in these things remotely or you know, safely, making sure that our relationships are still sort of being developed, keeping connections, making new connections, and engaging with our support systems now more than ever. Yeah, for sure. So can you describe what some of the facets of social well-being are? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And, I, you know, when, when we think about that, especially for, for college students or people who may have taken a new job in a new place, um, it's easy to forget that part of your social well-being is those pre-existing connections and strengths that, that you came into the university with, you know, friends from home, family from home, 
um, there's structures and people that that you already have intact. Um, but but it's also uh, it also includes creating new structures, new friendships, new connections, um, and and um, really having a place to explore some of your community and passions and interests. Um, and so we think like having these safe places to to be supported and encouraged as you're trying new things and trying to make your way at college um, is, is really important. That can help us overcome challenges. Yeah, and, and some other things that go into social well-being is having sort of like the interpersonal skills to build these connections. So things like, like gratitude or kindness or your own sort of styles of communication, those things will make it easier for us to have positive interactions with others and sort of decrease our own loneliness and feel meaningful connections. So having those skills and developing those on your own is a big component of social well-being. And going with that, um, engaging in fun activities with groups, individuals who share similar interests, those, that's a big part of social well-being as well. But also finding some time alone, right, just to regroup, recenter, collect yourself, and uh, get some distance, some separation from a lot of the things that are going on as well. And when we think about that, too, and how much it can take sometimes to engage in a lot of social interactions, boundaries are important, right? So making sure you're not stretching yourself too much, giving too much of yourself. Make sure you're being challenged, right? But still taking time for yourself and making sure that you are okay in all of those interactions. Yeah. I think one of the things um, about you know, building boundaries is being able to say no to things. Uh, so I, you know, I've been in this field for, you know, almost nine years at this point, And I can't tell you like how many students that I've met who are just burning the candle at both ends because they're over-involved in what they're doing. Um, and so it's to the detriment of their overall well-being at the end of the day. And so our graduate student, Kelsey, actually came up with a great equation uh, for how to sort of say no to things and help you draw those boundaries. So the equation is thank you plus unfortunately plus redirect equals healthy boundary. So for example, if you have, and this is an example that she created, so let's say that you have a chemistry test on Thursday and it's Tuesday and your roommate says, hey, do you want to go to yoga with me? But you know that you have to study because you haven't put in the time and going to yoga would be about a two hour block of time that you really could use to look over material. So you can say, you know, thank you so much. Normally I'd love to go. Unfortunately, I have to study for this exam that I have on Thursday. Um, but you know what? Hit me up next week when I don't have an exam. And it's like, boom, there it is. You say no, you still maintain the relationship, and you now have time to study. So <laughs> that's what she came up with, and I thought it was great. That's a fabulous formula, yeah. Courtney. And, and I really like it, too, because, um, you know, we know that college students, um, um, some, sometimes uh, women <laughs> really struggle with saying no. And, and we know also that we, we do better socially when we uh when we know what fills our tank and we give our space uh, ourselves space to have room um to to like not deplete the tank <laughs> so that's really important to be able to you know that's part of this this process in life and and growing is figuring out what is it that fills my tank who is it that fills my tank and then how can i 
say no in a, in a kind but still firm way that allows me to create space to protect myself and, and, and allow myself to grow and flourish. I don't have to be all things to all people. Yeah. And that, I mean, that starts, I mean, so young and it continues well into adulthood because even in a professional setting, there are times when you have to say no, because especially if it's something that's maybe not within your initial job description, it's like a extra committee or to help on a research project. And you know that you don't have the bandwidth to help. Uh, so you have to be able to say, thank you, but I can't do it. Right. <laughs> I'm a big fan of saying no. It's like my favorite yes. thing. Uh, so, <laughs> so back to overall social well-being. Um, so how can you find it here at WVU? Yeah, so like we talked about earlier, it's definitely harder now, right, because of all the COVID restrictions. And so right now maybe we're in a position where you have to do a little bit more of the legwork to be able to get connected with others and with, with thinking about that, that can be kind of scary, but also that gives you the chance to be intentional, right, about where you want to put your energy, how and with whom you want to connect. So in, in building some of those relationships, things to think about as you're you know, at WVU right now is building relationships in areas that are related to your major and your professional goals. So building those connections, getting sort of involved there, but also making some relationships and connections that are just for fun, right? So having a balance of those two things and uh, making sure that you're still spending time with friends, whether that is virtually. So there's a lot of things you can do over Zoom with games or sharing playlists, watching things together. And it's actually pretty interesting that we, we found a statistic for a study that was published in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships. And they kind of calculated that on average, it takes about 50 hours of time spent with someone before you consider them just a casual friend. 90 hours for you to think about them as like a real friend, and then 200 hours to become close friends. So those numbers can sound kind of large and maybe unattainable right now, but it's important to just, again, think about with whom you're spending your time and how as you're trying to build these connections. Man, no wonder it's like so hard to make friends as an adult because who has time to spend that? <laughs> oh, seriously. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so um, we talked about like the process a little bit. So where are some good places for students to start here at the university to maybe build those connections? That's a great question, Courtney. And you know, something that Ife and I wanted to share with, with everyone who's listening is, it's okay if this is scary and hard. Um, you know, for, for most people in a non-pandemic year, it's really hard to make friends. You know, something that we talk with many, many of our clients about is how difficult it is to feel connected, to um, reach out, to make friends. And, and often people think that, you know, this is just me. It's just, there's just a problem with me. I, you know, whether you're a college student or, or a, a professional, um, it can feel like everybody else has their group and I'm just the one left out. Um, but what we have found is that it's a more common experience than not uh, for people to feel kind of isolated or lonely. And so we did think about what are some ways to help, um, to help think about how can you, you take that initial plunge and how can you, how can you do it in a way, like Yifei said, that is intentional and that keeps that science in mind, that you need to kind of put in a lot of time with, with a person and doing a lot of shared activities so that you do build that kind of mutual ground where you, you do consider them a close friend. 
So one, one way we'd like to, um, one area we'd like to encourage students towards is the Refresh website. It's, it's refresh.wvu.edu. And every week there are new activities listed there um, in a number of different categories, like physical, well-being, um, virtual. They have all kinds of different events that you can invite a invite a floor mate to. They don't even need to be your friend yet. <laughs> they can become your friend by going to one of these events. Um, if you're uh, only doing virtual things right now, they have some events that are just virtual that even include, um, like you can pick up a packet of, of, of something to do together um, on the, the virtual event. So they're all kind of doing the same art craft at the, at the same time. Uh, but they also have a lot of in-person events that are that are following COVID protocols. Um, some of them are with us at the Cruise Center. We do some outdoor well-being workshops on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m., and we would love to have people come to that. Um, Adventure West Virginia is another great place to, uh, to find resources for connection. Uh, you can go to, if you just Google WVU, Fall Adventure Activities, you will you'll come to a list of all of these different Fall Adventure Activities that are usually one to four hours in length, and um, you can sign up with a friend or go by yourself. The whole idea is that you get connected to other people, they help you become friends with them, you can share your contact information, and then you go do something fun together. So it's not just like, okay, let's go eat together at the diner. You might go paddling or you might go hiking or you might go explore campus or you might do macrame outside. Um, so we would really encourage students to check out those two resources and, and again that's refresh.wvu.edu and WVU Fall Adventure Activities. And then Ife has some other um, other ideas to share too. Yeah, yeah. So we've got the, the WVU student org website that you can go to. So that's wvuengage.wvu.edu forward slash organizations. And I think that one is really cool because on that you can search for like all of the crazy like random clubs out there by like area of interest or what it covers or different groups that you might be interested in. And it can be a little bit overwhelming because there is so much. But again, if you think about maybe I want to get connected with some groups that are related to my major or my, my professional development. And then also like some that are just totally for fun, something new that you want to try out. Right. So massive buffet, you know, you can try all, all the things that are interesting to you. Just remembering being intentional with your energy and, and how to do that. So that's a pretty cool place to search as well. And Sarah did mention the Kurt center sort of in connection to the groups that she spoke about, but we also have other, um, I guess groups here that you could potentially get connected with. So we've got support groups just for meeting with, with other students and we have facilitators just to be able to share in some of what's going on and uh, support each other in a sense. We've got workshops as well. So some of those are just like three week workshops and helping you learn more about a particular topic that will help you sort of your well-being, getting connected, things like that. And then general therapy, if that is something that um, feels appropriate for you right now. And Courtney, I'm going to plug well WVU. Um, yeah, I'm sure you can say uh, more to that as well. And then there's collegiate recovery. We do want to mention that, although that is, again, more specific to maybe some substance use concerns. But if that's something that you do need to get connected and support with, that's also available as well. Yeah. 
That's a that's a great point, Ife, and and I I want to plug collegiate recovery again um, in the sense too that they do a ton of like a big part of their focus is helping um, our campus to have really fun things you can do to connect with other people that are sober. Um, and and one thing that's neat about them is they're open to people who are in recovery or people who are allies of of those in recovery. So you don't. You don't have to be in recovery to to go and hang out. You just need to be um, supportive of those in recovery and, and supportive of a sober environment, which uh, I think is great because then you can really form uh, closer relationships through some of these shared activities. Mm-hmm. And though, like with COVID restrictions, Serenity Place, which is where the Collegiate Recovery Program is housed, it's not open as often as it usually is, but there are some still open hours, and they have a lot of online activities as well via Zoom. So take advantage of the CRP, because I'll also, I'm a third, I'll plug that in. Um, (laughs) And and one of their virtual activities they have is uh, led by one of our fantastic Ruth clinicians, uh, Fanika Payne, and... Uh, and, and she has a weekly discussion group there uh, that's open to anyone who wants to come. So we would definitely encourage people to check that out. We've heard really great things about it. Yes. Well, all of that sounds phenomenal. I'll second the refresh plug uh, just because we've, I think we've all been doing a lot of work with that particular program. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, so this week for our well-being snapshot, I actually have a message from a, a student here on campus who actually does some work with the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. And so they've asked me to just sort of give a little bit of information about their program and if you want to get involved. Um, so the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance is a national organization with a statewide chapter, which is called DBSAWV, which is right here in West Virginia. Uh, and their mission is to improve the lives of folks living with the most prevalent mental health issues, which is depression and bipolar disorder. So DBSA supports research to promote uh, more timely diagnoses and develop more effective and tolerable treatments. And they work to ensure that folks living with mood disorders are treated equally by facilitating expert guest speakers. They maintain over 700 peer-led support groups across the country and they provide educational and self-help tools. So uh, the demand for their services has greatly increased since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, which is understandable because there are a lot of folks are struggling with that, that isolation component. Uh, many people who suffer from mood disorders have experienced worsened effects uh, due to loneliness and isolation as a result of the social distancing measures. So DBSA fosters a community of support and self-improvement. So if you're interested in receiving any of those services through DBSA or working as an outreach assistant, you can visit their webpage, which I'll also put in the um, description for this podcast, but it's dbsawv.org. And you can also find them on Instagram and Facebook. So what's cool is that they have a chapter specific for WVU students, and the group meetings are held on the first and third Wednesday of the month at 8.30 p.m. via Zoom. And then to join a meeting, you would need to email the representative. It's a student named Sadie Miller, and she'll she'll send you the meeting passcode. I'll also put her contact information in uh, the description for the podcast as well, in case you're interested in getting involved, because those groups are actually just a real a good time to meet with other folks, connect, and just talk. Um, so if you want to take advantage of that. It's a, it's a really great resource. I know that they're also working with actually Finica up in the group center to, to uh, promote this particular service and we're, and we're happy to help in that regard too. So uh, thank you all for 
letting me give that little plug for them. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you to Sarah and Ife. Really appreciate y'all being here today, uh, taking time out of your day. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, all 16 of you. I used to say 13, but I feel like now we have at least 16, like diehard listeners. Uh, but thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time on Wellbeing Wednesdays. Thanks so much for having us.